Are there too many podcasts? Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. On Friday, April 17th, 2020, Apple Podcasts surpassed 1 million valid podcasts in their catalog. That's a big number, and it's been exciting to see all of the coverage, and even Apple themselves confirmed that number on the following Tuesday. They published a news release announcing that Apple Podcast was now available in 20 more countries. And by the way, all 175 of those now are supported inside of my podcast reviews, as well as CastBox and Stitcher and Podchaser. So if you haven't checked out mypodcastreviews.com in a while, definitely go over there, check it out. There's a free trial that you can sign up for and enjoy getting all of your podcast reviews automatically delivered to you. But when we look at this number, 1 million valid podcasts, and it's a number that I have been getting excited leading up to in reporting over at mypodcastreviews.com slash stats, this big number does raise some questions. Like, have we reached peak podcast, as some journalists have said? Or is it too late for you to start a podcast? Or even if you dare start a podcast after there are 1 million podcasts, is your podcast merely destined to be lost in the sea of over 1 million podcasts? The short answer, no. And here's why. If you'd like to follow along in the show notes for this episode, then tap or swipe inside of your app or go to theaudacitytopodcast.com slash too many. That's T-O-O-M-A-N-Y. First, recognize that saturation is a matter of perspective. Several months ago, I released an episode when Apple Podcasts reached 800,000 podcasts. And in that episode over at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 800,000, I broke down these details and statistics a lot more in depth, and I'm not going to go over all of that information again. I will repeat some of that information, especially certain things that have changed since then. But if you want to learn more about what the numbers mean from my podcast industry statistics site, then listen to that episode or go to the industry statistics site over at mypodcastreviews.com slash stats. There were 800,000 a few months ago, a million now. I think we could be at 1.3, maybe even 1.5 million podcasts by the end of 2020. And that is a lot. But is it too many? I don't think so. Especially when you consider how many other things there are, I think you'll see that there's still plenty of room for growth. Consider these much bigger numbers, and these are coming from some basic Google searches So this information could be, if anything, too low, and the numbers are actually higher. There are more than 31 million YouTube channels, and yet many people are starting YouTube channels, and they're not worried about how many other YouTube channels and other YouTube videos there are out there. They want to share something. They want to show something. And many new YouTubers are coming onto the scene, independent people who are finding great success on YouTube with their videos. How about an even bigger number? 97 million. That's how many songs there are. And I'm not so sure any musician out there has said, you know what? There are too many songs out there, so I'm not going to release any more songs. No, these are artists who want to express something, want to evoke some kind of emotion, want to share a message through song, even if it's without lyrics. When they look at those numbers, if they even care about the numbers, they're not letting it stop them from expressing themselves through their art. Imagine if the Beatles had decided, 
oh, there are too many songs right now. We shouldn't add to the pile of music out there. Or if more modern musicians, Taylor Swift or anyone else, had thought to stop making music or to not even get into music because there are just too many other songs out there. That's not the case. I don't think you should consider that with your podcast either. And here's an even bigger number. 140 million. That's how many, at least how many books there are right now. And yet new books are coming out constantly and having great success. What if J.K. Rowling had decided that, no, you know what? There are just too many books out there. I'm not going to publish this little thing that I thought of called Harry Potter. No, I I don't want to add to the pile of how many books there are out there. I think maybe some authors and other artists in these different fields do consider it a little bit because there is a little bit of that imposter syndrome. But I don't think it's the mere numbers that keep them from publishing their works. And that's even if they're considering the numbers of other things out there. And here's an even bigger number too. 600 million. There are at least 600 million blogs out there. So according to that stat, which could be several years old at this point, and the number could be much higher, for every 600 blogs, there's one podcast. So saturation is really only a matter of perspective. Yes, you could look at this and see that, oh, there are so many podcasts out there already, but that doesn't mean it's saturated. That just means there are a lot of podcasts out there already. Yes. Back in the very beginning of podcasting, when there were only thousands of shows, there were many shows that launched and found no success whatsoever. And it was a much, much smaller pond back then. And even in 2005, when podcasting had its first real boom and attention, and the word podcast was even considered the word of the year in 2005, people still failed with their podcast and people still succeeded with their podcast. It had nothing whatsoever to do with how many other podcasts there were out there. The saturation did not matter. And it wasn't even saturation back then. So now here we are, more than 15 years after podcasting was created. There's still plenty of room for new podcasts, especially when you can apply some of these other things that I'm going to pull from this episode. So remember, saturation is a matter of perspective. Number two, not all podcasts are active. I've seen many people reference the numbers that I share over on mypodcastreviews.com slash stats. And it's very easy, I think, to even accidentally say there are 1 million active podcasts. And it's that word active that I tried to nitpick over because we define active differently. I define an active podcast differently from Rob Walsh from Libsyn. And both of us might define it differently from Todd Cochran at Blueberry. And all three of us might define it differently from how you define an active podcast. Nowhere on that page, and I try to help people not say that it's 1 million active podcasts. Right now, The stat is that not even half of all of those podcasts have published an episode in the last 90 days. That's three months. So even though I'm recording this still inside of the COVID-19 pandemic, three months ago, there was no pandemic. There were also fewer podcasts three months ago, and even fewer of them were active three months ago. But you can still stand out and be in an even smaller crowd simply by keeping your podcast active. The way I define active on mypodcastreviews.com slash stats is having published at least an episode in the last 90 days. 
but you could define that differently. And you can look at more stats on that page to see how many podcasts have published an episode in the last 30 days or the last two weeks or the last 60 days or information like that. If you can make your podcast active and keep it active, then you're already ahead of more than half of the other podcasts out there. And just because a podcast isn't active doesn't mean it pod faded, which is when someone kind of lets a podcast die on its own. It slowly fades from existence. So pod fade is not something you do to a podcast. It's what happens when you do nothing to a podcast or do very little. Not all of those podcasts were abandoned. Many were officially ended. Many were short run. Many could be on a hiatus that's longer than three months, especially right now with so much in the world not happening. But yet that number of active podcasts and the percentage has actually increased. It's usually been around 39 to 40% for as long as I've been tracking it. But in these last couple months, I've seen that number go up to being now closer to 46% and 46.5, 47, somewhere around there. And that could increase as more people launch new podcasts. But then will they stick around? Will they remain active three months from now? We might see that number drop or we might see it grow more. We'll see. But if you can keep your podcast active, then you don't have to worry about how many other podcasts are out there because yours is active. Well, more than 500,000 other podcasts are not active anymore. Number three, not all podcasts are consistent. Consistency can mean different things to different podcasters, especially when it comes to a schedule. Like a daily podcast to be daily could mean seven days a week. It could also mean five days a week. I would consider both of those could fit under that label of daily. Now, weekly does mean that you're publishing one episode per week, bi-weekly, one episode every two weeks, monthly, one episode a month, and so on. Looking at the stats right now, and this is as of April 23rd, 2020, of those 1 million podcasts, which right now the number is actually 1,011,000, almost 1,012,000 before it refreshes this evening, only about 196,000 have published an episode in the last seven days. So we could probably draw a conclusion from that, that those almost 200,000 podcasts are active and publishing weekly. Now, many of these are new podcasts, and we have seen more new podcasts launch within the last 30 days than in any other 30-day period. At this time, 85,000 podcasts have launched in the last 30 days. We're seeing a lot more growth in podcasting now in the last 30 days and more than ever before. And I've seen this number of how many of those podcasts, the percentages of podcasts have released an episode in the last seven days. That percentage has gone up more too. It used to be a much smaller number, like somewhere around 120,000 or so. And now it's much higher because I think a lot of these new podcasts that are launching are being consistent. So if you can be consistent, and I recommend weekly is a pretty good schedule, pretty easy for you to stick with, as well as it's very easy for your audience to get used to because we're so used to things on a weekly routine. The weekend happens once a week. Certain days of the week happen once a week. A lot of things happen once a week. Appointments, TV shows, events, schedules, workflows, all kinds of things. So weekly is a very familiar schedule. It's very comfortable to many people. So it can be easy for you to maintain a weekly schedule with your podcast as well, depending on your own life choices and how things are going in your situation. But if you can be weekly or if you can be consistent, however you can define consistency, 
then that can put your podcast above the majority of other podcasts as well. With under 20% of the podcasts out there have published an episode in the last week. So if you can publish weekly, then you're now one of the 20% of podcasts, more like one of the 19.6% of podcasts out there. Number four, your niche is much smaller. Much, 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 much smaller, depending on your particular niche. So of one million podcasts out there, there might be five that discuss the same thing you do or that approach the same information that you're approaching in the same way. Like right now, there are a lot of current news podcasts. That's the new thing. Everyone wants to talk about COVID-19. And there are a lot of reputable news sources creating all new podcasts only to cover what's developing with COVID-19, giving you tips, bringing updates on the coverage and everything. And I'll have a separate episode that will be both relevant now as well as in the future about whether you should address current events inside of your podcast episodes. But for every niche, there are so few podcasts in that niche when it is truly a niche. I would not call technology podcasts a niche. That's a category. The same thing with business podcasts, entrepreneurship podcasts, TV show podcasts. Those are all categories. The niche is much smaller than that. So it's a TV show fan podcast about this particular show. Now that's more niched down because you know your audience is only people who like that show. You could even niche down further by approaching that show in a particular way. Like when I did the TV show fan podcast for Once Upon a Time that used to air on ABC, our approach was very in-depth. My co-host Jeremy Laughlin and I and several of the other co-hosts who participated in that podcast were all fans of the TV show Lost and that approach to watching television shows where there are Easter eggs here and there. It's a serial story where from episode to episode to episode, something is developing. There are story arcs and hidden things and all of this background information that you want to research. And you discover these amazing connections by being super fans of the show. And that's what we brought in our podcast is being very in-depth. I laughed this one time we saw a negative review for a podcast that said something like, their episodes are too long and too in-depth. And I thought, yeah, duh, that is our whole premise. Not to be too long, but to be in-depth. And some of our episodes of that podcast went for almost three hours. But according to the Apple podcast statistics that show the play data and progression data, most of our audience listened to the entire episode, a two-hour to three-hour-long podcast episode about a one-hour-long TV show. That was just amazing. That was our niche, to be very in-depth and explore all of these Easter eggs and to dig behind the mythology that was brought out inside the show. Other podcasts about the same TV show approached it differently. Some of them, their approach was much more casual, and that was great. They served those casual viewers who just wanted to talk a little bit more and learn a little bit more about the show, but didn't want to get into the deep mythology behind the show. There was another podcast that approached the show from a comedy perspective, where they tried to have fun with everything that came from the show. They were basically laughing at the show all the way through it. And there were other podcasts that took other approaches too. So they found different niches and we were able to work together in those ways and cross-promote each other and listen to each other and learn from each other. So when you look at one million podcasts out there, 
instead of thinking about that one million number, think about your niche, not your category, your niche, or how you can niche down so that there are only a few other podcasts serving that same kind of niche. Here's another example of a podcast that I've been consuming. I enjoy the video game Borderlands 3. It's a video game I've been playing on Xbox with a couple friends of mine. And being a podcast fan like I am, one of the first things I did when I started getting into the game was look for another podcast for the show. And for months, while the game was brand new, there was only one active podcast about that game. There were several YouTubers who a few of them did call themselves podcasters, but their actual shows weren't available in a podcast app and so therefore not actually a podcast, but one podcast about the video game. That's a very small niche. They were and are literally one in a million. Your podcast could be that way too. Yours could be one in a million. You don't want to niche down so much that you run out of things to talk about or that no one is going to be interested, but you do want to niche down so that people are going to be interested in what you talk about or the way that you talk about it. Your niche is much smaller than that one million number. So don't let that one million number stop you from starting a podcast in your niche or continuing your podcast in your niche. Number five, your podcast could do what others don't, can't, or won't. Let's go back to the TV show fan podcast idea. There are some official podcasts about TV shows out there where the podcasts, and these are brilliant podcasts, some of these, where they are hosted by cast members from the show, interviewing other cast members on the show, and oftentimes approaching the show with the same level of humor as the show itself. For example, a show that I started watching about a year ago was The Good Place and they have an official podcast about it. And what I really appreciated about it is even though they started the podcast after there had already been, I think, two seasons of the TV show, they went back and recorded episodes of the podcast for all the past episodes of the show. And I appreciated the way that they approached it too, so that they did give the spoilers for the season arc so that you could appreciate the behind the scenes that they had in that podcast. And that podcast was hosted by one of the cast members, not a major cast member of the show, but one of them that was from the show in a particular part. And that was really fun to hear their voice. And then they got to talk with other cast members about the show, bring out some funny stories from the show, some behind the scenes, talk about some of the ideas of the show. So that's great. An official podcast hosted by the actors from the show, officially produced and promoted by the network and studio that creates the show. That is fantastic. I wish all TV show studios did something like that. Does that mean there's no space for you? Not at all. Because here's some things that you could do that the official shows can't. Theorize about the future. That's a big one. I learned this with the Lost Podcasts and the Once Upon a Time Podcasts. There was an official podcast for the TV show Once Upon a Time, and it was really frustrating to listen to. The host of the show did a good job, But she was frequently interviewing the producers of the TV show. And she would ask these questions that I always thought were very surface level questions. And the answers from the producers, as much as I love the work that they do, their answers were horrible because their answers were often things like, well, that's a good question. Wouldn't it be nice if we got the answer to that someday? Or you're going to have to just keep watching to hear the answer to that. They couldn't and certainly wouldn't explore 
the answers or potential answers to that. They couldn't theorize about things. Yes, they could bring out insights that you can't because they were there filming the episodes and producing them, but you can do things that they can't do. The same thing with like Apple products, for example. Apple employees already know they're not supposed to podcast about Apple products or really about technology at all in certain cases, and there are certain restrictions there. But you can have a fan podcast about Apple products where you can talk about rumors, talk about what you like or don't like about particular products or services related to Apple. Anything like that, any kind of podcast that you're hosting, there are things that you can do that others don't, can't, or won't. And these are certain ways that help you define your own niche as well, but even just to simply do those things that others don't do, or maybe don't do as well as you do. Going back to the Once Upon a Time podcast, there was this one podcast called Greetings from Storybrooke that took a really fun approach to, at the beginning of their episodes, they did a recap to remind you what the TV show episode was about, and they did it in rhyme. They wrote a poem to retell what the TV show episode was about. So not only did it help you by setting that context so you could remember what happened in the episode, but it was fun to listen to. And the hosts were so creative with that. And that's something that, although I do have a musical background and I could have done, it was something I didn't want to do. And besides, I thought they did it so well, I wasn't interested in trying to do it because I probably couldn't have done it as well as they could have. I love the way they did it. So they were doing something that we didn't do, that we wouldn't do, and that we probably couldn't do as well as they did. Your podcast could be that same way. So no matter how many other podcasts there are out there, your podcast could do what others don't, can't, or won't. And then the last point, number six, there will always be ways to innovate. I believe this going forward into the future. No matter at what point you're considering this, there is always room for innovation. There's always room for you to have new ideas, to try new things. Yes, going back to doing what others don't, can't, or won't, but there are ways that you could build on top of certain things, that you could do something better, that you could find a better way to approach a subject, a better way to cover a subject, a better way to communicate your message. Look at iPhones and Android phones. These two mobile phones took over the phone industry from what was before that. We had Palm Pilots and Blackberries and flip phones. And there was for a while where Palm and Blackberry were really going at each other, battling over the mobile phone market. And then along comes Apple and Android with their devices. And now where's Blackberry? Where is Palm Pre? They're gone. Now it's all iOS versus Android. Yes, there are some other little platforms out there. But pretty much everything now that people would be considering is iOS from Apple or Android from Google on all of these different phones out there. And watching each company release their new software or their new hardware, you see innovations on both sides. Yes, you might roll your eyes to hear one company or the other announce some big new feature that everyone is clapping about. Yay, we're so excited. We've got this new feature. And everyone who's on the other side of the fence is saying, oh, come on, guys, we've had this feature for two years. Look, look at it here on our phone. See, isn't this nice? You're just now catching up to us. But then the company that's announcing that feature does it in a better way. They innovate in some way. And that's when the other side starts thinking, oh, yeah, that is kind of a nicer way of doing that particular thing. That is kind of cool how they do that. 
But then that side takes the same idea and innovates on top of it, makes it even better. And then the other side and back and forth, back and forth, innovation, innovation, innovation. This is why competition is a good thing. I am a capitalist. I do think competition in industries is a good thing because it ultimately drives innovation. Because yes, the companies do want to outperform each other. They want to make a better product. But in trying to make a better product, guess what? You as the consumer are getting a better product. So in the podcasting world, yes, there might be competitors out there. And I really suggest that you approach your, quote, competition, unquote, more as collaboration opportunities, not as competitors. They are your peers in this industry. So find those ways to work with them. And yet you can also learn from them ways to improve your podcast, to make your podcast better than theirs in particular ways, or to serve your niche in a particular way better than they're serving their niche. And you can learn this by listening to those podcasts or even by watching their podcast reviews. This is the reason why I don't have a single podcast plan on mypodcastreviews.com. If you go over there, the lowest plan gives you the option to add two podcasts on there. And even if you only have one podcast, what you could do with that other slot is add your top competitor to your plan so that you can see what kind of reviews they're getting for their podcast and learn not how to crush them in a competitive rivalry way, but you can learn what they're doing well, what they're doing poorly, what people think in this industry, and you can find ways to make your podcast meet those needs. Like maybe you see a somewhat negative review on a competitor's podcast that says something like, thank you so much for covering this topic, but I really wish you dug into this particular detail. Bingo! Opportunity right there for you to innovate. You can cover that topic and dig into that detail that the others didn't. Or you might see someone say, this was great, but those are opportunities for you to innovate. Or you might even see someone leave a review on one of your competitors' podcasts where they say, I really like it when you do this. Now, that doesn't mean you should copy that and certainly don't copy others. Try even not to imitate others, but that can inspire your own ideas for you to come up with something even better for your podcast. That could be something that you do inside of your episodes, like a segment. It could be the way that you approach your information. It could inspire you to do something new to engage with your community better, like live streaming or doing behind the scenes or bonus content. There could be all kinds of ways for you to innovate. And I really do think there will always be ways to innovate because podcasting is an art form. And like these other stats that I shared earlier, 97 million songs. And yet how many of those songs sound like each other? Yes, I know there are some songs out there that sound so close to each other, but that's a minority of the millions and millions of songs out there. There's so much opportunity for you in podcasting, both to niche down, to reach an audience, to build a platform, to build relationships and influence. And there are so many ways that you could be innovating with what you do, regardless of how many podcasts are that are out there. In fact, it might even help you innovate better as more podcasts enter the scene because you can start to see what's working and what isn't working. Marketers will talk about this idea in other places as well, where they will talk about how you might see that no one is doing a particular thing. And that could mean two different things. It could mean this is a huge opportunity for you to do something. 
It could also mean no one really wants that thing. Just coming up with a ridiculous example here. I could make a website where all I do is I listen to your podcast episodes. And that's it. You pay me hundreds of dollars a month to simply listen to your podcast episodes, not provide feedback, not join your community, not buy anything from you, not promote your podcast, not help you improve. All I do is listen to your podcast. Now, I know of one person out there, hey, Timothy, who has set up something like that, I think kind of as a joke, but in seriousness, no one's doing that, or at least no one that I know of trying to do that as a serious business model. Does that mean it's a huge opportunity? No, it shows that there's really not a need for it. So you could be the trailblazer or you could be barking up the wrong tree if there is even a tree growing there. However, whatever direction you're looking, there will always be ways to innovate. So please don't get overwhelmed by this number of 1 million podcasts. At some point, it's going to be 2 million podcasts in the next few years because the growth has been increasing exponentially. So remember these six things. Saturation is a matter of perspective. Not all podcasts are active. Not all podcasts are consistent. Your niche is much smaller. Your podcast could do what others don't, can't, or won't. And there will always be ways to innovate. If you'd like to continue the conversation about this topic of whether there are too many podcasts out there, then please go to the website and comment at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash too many. That's T-O-O-M-A-N-Y. And if you're interested in tracking your global podcast reviews now from 175 countries, it used to be 155, now it's 175 countries with Apple Podcasts, plus CastBox, plus Stitcher, plus Podchaser, then go sign up for mypodcastreviews.com. If you're not sure it's right for you, try it out. There's a free trial over there at mypodcastreviews.com and plans are very affordable and there are a lot of new features coming. We've just released some cool features recently. We are constantly developing that product. So check it out at mypodcastreviews.com. And now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go start or improve your own podcast for passion or profit. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from the AudacityToPodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.